today to the Smokies podcast. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history and rich mountain cultures that we explore with weekly episodes. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also with deep roots in these mountains. My fam family has lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today, we're going to be talking about preserving and perpetuating our culture in the Great Smoky Mountains. But first, a sponsor message or two. And the first sponsor is me. <laughs> Imagine a place evocative of motor courts of the past, yet modern and vibrant, with a chic Appalachian feel. A place for adventure and for relaxation. Imagine a place where you can fish in a mountain heritage trout stream, grill the catch on a fire, and eat accompanied by fine wine or craft beers. Imagine a place with old-time music and world cultural sounds. There is no other place like the Meadowlark Motel in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Your Smoky Mountain adventure starts with where you stay. Another sponsor is SmokiesAdventure.com. That's Smokies, plural, adventure, singular.com. The Smokies Mountains and the surrounding area is a vacation destination for all seasons. Some of the nation's best hiking trails, waterfalls, outdoor adventures, and family entertainment can be found right here. Start your adventure by using SmokiesAdventure.com to explore all the wonderful features of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park trails and waterfalls and Cades Cove and more you know right now check out the spring flowers that are coming in and crazy beauty and then check out all the awesome family attractions entertainment and things you can do in the surrounding area with you and your family the goal of Smokey's Adventures is to become the leading information portal for adventure and adventures and experiences in the great Smoky Mountains so as you know, we, we'd like to publicize some events that are coming up. And Maggie Valley happens to have a lot of festivals coming up. Um, April 19th through May 1st, we have Thunder and the Smoky Spring Motorcycle Rally. You know that the rides in the mountains of the Smokies are some of the best in the world. We're doing motorcycle rides or, you know, bicycle rides or any kind. So a lot of people come here to celebrate uh, their passions. And the, the, the Thunder in the Smokies is a, one of the oldest uh, rallies in Maggie Valley and even in the surrounding areas. And it happens on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it has tour rides, lots of vendors selling crafts and foods, and has bike shows and games and prizes and concerts, fire dancers and, you know, people jumping up and down and having a good time. So come out and check out thunderinthesmokies.com or call 828-246-2101 to find out more about it. Now, this is a new event, and I'm not even sure what it's about, but it sounds interesting. And on May 7th, they're going to have something called boho hippie fest now I, i'm imagine now what i'm imagining is people in tie-dye dancing and things like that but they say it's gonna be live music performance arts demonstration vendors bounce houses games food trucks so for more information contact hothead events 828-246-1978 which is a really good year uh or email hotheadevents at gmail.com and then another traditional one here in the, in the mountains is the 
KKOA Icons of Hot Rodding Festival, and that's on May 13th and 14th. And this is 1950s and 1960s hot rods and custom cars, trucks and vans, um, with lots of 50s and 60s music, vintage vendors, pinstripers, food vendors, and they'll be judging with awards and trophies. Reach out to H uh, to customkempofamerica.com. Uh, that's with K's in place of the C's, except in America. Um, and then we have our own event, the Metal Art, coming out, and that's uh, uh, Mom's Moving Mountains and Mother Nature's Natural Garden Program with Nancy East and Isla Hatter. Some of you might remember Nancy East did a wilderness survival course here a few weeks back that was well attended and very popular where she showed us how to survive the 10 things that you needed to go out in the wilderness, how to build a fire, how to build a, a camp, how to, uh, you know, save yourself if you broke your leg and you're stuck in the bottom of a ditch somewhere. Um, and she's just really knowledgeable. She's on the, on the, uh, she's on the, um, the rescue team here, um, the search and rescue team here in Haywood County and the, and the Smoky Mountains. And she goes on lots of, of um, uh, uh, search and rescue missions every, every season. And so she's going to do on Friday night a whole presentation with pictures and everything of some of the more um, compelling stories that she has from those search and rescues. And then on Saturday, May 7th, um, there's going to be a legendary wildcrafting expert here. And she's a renowned author, filmmaker, instructor, and tour guide for the, for the Great Smoky Mountains National Park uh, GSM Field School. And it's Isla Hatter. And she's an expert on edible plants, medicinal herbs, and anything pertaining to wildcraft foraging, Appalachian plants, trees, and flowers. And she's been on television shows, videos, books, um, and, um, and she's just really well known on the subject. And so she is going to present a, a program entitled Mother Nature's Natural Garden, and leading actually a tour of the grounds and area around here. To, to find out what is the nature's bounty that you can eat right in her own backyards. And then we'll have that night will we'll culminate with a free barbecue supper, maybe a few of the dishes from the uh, what we find and then music by Mike Ogletree and some of his friends on Saturday evening. You can reach out to the Metal Ark Motel uh, at 828-926-1717 to reserve a room to stay. Or if you're just a local and want to come, it's $20 per person. Uh, and you can reach out and reserve your space by calling 828-926-1717. And then on Mother's Day, uh, we're going to have a cake and, and cake and champagne in the lounge along with our traditional uh, breakfast. So today, we have a great guest. He's a legend in these mountain parts. And I think in the whole state, maybe even the nation. And his name is Joe Sam Queen, and he has deep family roots in Haywood County, dating back to the Revolutionary War. Born in Waynesville in 1950, and he's a graduate of NC State in architecture. And he's a renowned architect, historian, dancer, dance caller, and politician, having served in both the NC State Senate and the NC House of Representatives. And he's on the traditional artist rosters of the Blue Ridge National Heritage, Heritage Association. He's been the director of the Folk Smoky Mountain Folk Festival for over 50 years and has served on the board of directors for the Folk Root, uh, uh, Folk Root and the Shelton House, as well, well as played an active role as an officer in the local Sons of the American Revolution chapter. Um, when he isn't working in his business, 
or these other organizations. He enjoys calling dances, dancing, spending time as a family, working with his wife, uh, herself an accomplished woman, Dr. Kate Queen, uh, on their own uh, charitable foundation. How are you doing, Sam Joe? Joe Sam? <laughs> Joe Sam Queen, a little do-re-mi. Yeah, there you go. I'm doing great. It's great to be on your show. Uh, it's great to promote all the good heritage and culture of Western North Carolina. We really are a, 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 a hot spot uh, welcoming the world. So come and see us. Cool. Well, we're so glad to have you. Now tell me, you know, how did you get a name Joe Sam? You know, I, I, that, that's an interesting name. Well, Joe, my, my <laughs> grandfather was Sam. Sam Queen, great name. My father was Sam Love Jr. He didn't like being a junior. And his best GI buddy, he was a Iwo Jima Marine, my father, as his best buddy was uh, was uh, 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 Terry Joe Johnson, a, a Cherokee friend over across the SoCo Gap. And uh, so I'm named after his his best buddy, Terry Joe Johnson. And they just called me Joe and my Aunt Sarah went down to, to the, to the uh, clerk of the court and said, that's not enough name for a boy. We've got to add a Sam in there. So they gave me a little do re me, Joe Sam Queen, and, I, and I've loved it all my life. There you go. As an architect, I think of Frank Floyd Wright, and uh, and uh, it's just a great name. So I, I care. It, it. it does have a rhythm to it. It, it is yeah. almost like it's a song when you say it. It is. Name your youngin with a little poem. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, uh, we, uh, yeah, we have a lot of common in, in having a deep heritage in Haywood County, and uh, and we're both, you know, in different ways. I mean, I think you're more accomplished at it, but in, in a, yeah, sharing a passion for, for preserving and perpetuating our culture by making people aware uh, of the cultural uh, history by encouraging them to create their own Smoky Mountain experiences. Um, and and you, have, you, have, you do a lot of educating of folks in the area, right? Yeah, well, you know, my, my, my passion is the, is the, our regional dance, which mm -hmm. it, it, it's often referred to as the big ground, but it's a Southern Appalachian square dance. Uh, it's a it's an American dance. It's a it's a melting pot dance. It has uh, Scotch Irish. It has Cherokee. It has African American roots, but it, it's it's an American dance, and its hot spot is right here in Haywood County. Oh yeah, and I, and I follow sort of in my grandfather's footsteps because. He made famous uh, a Maggie Valley square dance team called the Soco Gap Cloggers, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, the, the, he was part of the, uh, the cultural revival that radio started uh, for, with the Carter family and Jimmy Rogers and, and, and the early roots of country music and, uh, and the radio and, and dancing. You didn't have, uh, music unless you had dance the the musicians followed the dancers the, it was a social event and uh and the dance was so important and, it, and this is a a, a a social dance we call it on the streets of waynesville we come out it's our institution of hospitality the the let's all join hands in one big circle that's, yeah. that's our motto up here in western north carolina well, I think it's great, and it's interesting to talk about radio introducing that. I was reading, uh, I think it was in today's papers, how back in the 1870s, some people came up from, you know, from the, the north and wrote, uh, did deep stories and about the mountains, and one of them was Wainsville, and really painted us as a violent, 
ignorant crowd. And so it took a while for it to, to penetrate back into the, the, the whole of the United States that, hey, maybe there's more going on here. You know, and the, yeah. the great Smoky Mountains opening up and, you know, the great uh, things coming out and then people finding out this wonderful this dance and everything else. Uh, when we come back, you have a story about uh, Roosevelt and your grandfather that I think people would be interested in hearing about. I'll give it to them. Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with my guest, Joe Sam Queen on the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. So Joe Sam, you know, uh, talking about, you know, uh, history, you, you know, your, your family, the Queen family, was some of the earliest settlers here in our regions, right? We, we, we followed Rutherford. Uh, I, I've been the representative for the Cherokee and Haywood County, so I don't call myself a native. They're the natives, but but we rode in in 1776, and, uh, and and we haven't left. 1776, and we haven't left. Wow. So, uh, and you, um, where did they first settle in the county? Well, they settled in in what they call Raccoon Cove, uh, out by the what was known as the Test Farm area. That was my first settling family. Uh, they settled down in Fines Creek, and then Crabtree, and finally got to to Delwood, which is the head of Maggie Valley, as you know. And uh, so we're known as Delwood Queens in the last couple of generations. Yeah, well, the Queen family sort of became famous for uh, dancing and uh, really popularized the whole thing. Uh, Yeah, my my grandfather was the great leader there. I I sort of follow him. He was the the legend. But Mm -hmm. he was born in 1888 and uh, grew up in a time when when the square dancing was really the most uh, important social institution of the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how people gathered together. That's how they, they courted. That's how they educated their children. The, the, the square dance moves are, are, are a pre-literate institution to train the young people how mm-hmm. to court, how to have manners, how to join the community, how to, how to, how to, how to be a man and a woman in the community. And, uh, and of course, it was all about the fiddle and, and the banjo and the music that went with it and the good times. And, uh, and in the early days, you know, there were no big square dance halls. The, the big fine square dance halls followed the railroad and they didn't get here to, you know, the 18th, the 1910s or something, get up over the mountain. It, they were late. So mm-hmm. they, they developed some hotels that had big fine rooms that you could have a big square dance in but prior to that you you danced a little on your porch in front of your fireplace just to the fiddle and the banjo and uh and learn to clog and do the little step but but my grandfather came along you know in in the in the 20s and 30s like i said with radio and and the advent of these fine hotels and and they developed a, a dance ethic and he put together a square dance team and they could all dance and and they all buck dance together, you know, just uh-huh. wide open to the music. Uh, he said he never gave a lesson. You go, went with him, show me how to dance. Son, just pay attention. You dance with your partner in the circle and to <laughs> the music. That's all you need to know, son. 
And well, so, let me let, let, let's clarify some things, you know, because, you know, I know what it means, but a lot of people don't. You have clogging, buck dancing, square dancing, and flat footing. Now, what are all those? Well, they're all a, a community of, of, for, of terms. Clogging comes from the sort of our Scotch-Irish German ancestors. Uh, and again, they, they had wooden shoes and they clogged uh, a bit. You know, they danced, but their shoes weren't good leather shoes and they're, they're, and they were on a small porch or a little cobblestone street. Now we didn't have any streets out here in Western North Carolina. We were yard dancers. Right. We had a fine sheared, sheep sheared pasture to dance in before we had wood floors. Mm -hmm. So we had a big dance and, and we took from the Cherokee, the big circle. The big right. circle is the Cherokee. Uh, uh, contribution and, and there's plenty of moves like the the big black snake which we call wind the clock a lot of times but they call it the Cherokee friendship dance but it's the same thing that we integrated into the American square dance the Appalachian square dance and uh, but then there's flat footing which is a little softer version a little more musical uh, jazzy version of flat footing it's quite creative Everybody does it a little differently. You, as a flat footer, you develop your style. You develop your few little steps, your little lick, as they say. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, every, and and if you're in a circle, nobody's, the, some of the modern teams all dance precision, but that's very, that's very contemporary. The mm -hmm. traditional teams, every, every dancer danced to the music his own way, how, as he heard it. And in, and buck dancing was uh buck dancing is another term again it's an african-american term the african-american was the buck well the buck wasn't allowed in in uh, you know before integration to enter the circle but they were often the musicians and they were often great dancers so they 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 danced uh, even on main street they would you go to the when i was a little boy we'd go to wayne's waynesville to get a haircut and in the barber shop there'd be a a lad shining shoes who could slap the rhythm with his with his rag on the shoe or he could play the harmonica and my grandfather get up and buck dance and that and the african-american shoe shiner get up and, and try to out dance him and they would that that's what you call buck dancing so you know i used to, i used to i used to tell people you know that uh you know uh in the mountains yeah, you know you know you know in america a lot of times you got there was a reputation that white men don't dance right uh, or, or won't get up and dance by, won't get up and dance by themselves i said hey listen i was born and raised dancing by myself doing something called buck dancing yeah <laughs> buck dancing. but it, it comes from their, the, the african-american tradition because they often my grandfather was taught how to call by uh, an african-american fiddler and blacksmith when he was just a little boy he never got to join the circle but he he was a fiddler so he's often the musician on the side of the dance and so he knew the dance, he knew the call. So he, he, he gave my grandfather some lessons. And my grandmother, my grandfather's mother, my great grandmother, his mother taught him to, to do the flat foot and, and to follow the step in the barn loft because that's the only wooden floor they had as much count to dance in. Well, you know, and a lot of times we had dances in the barn loft. That, Between hay and tobacco, we'd have a dance. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that uh, there's so many people that don't really know that there's a lot of West African tradition in 
in mountain culture, you know, like bluegrass itself, the, the banjo was from West Africa. That's right. And, and, you know, it really took Scottish Irish ballad music and added a beat to it, rhythm, yeah, yeah. right? And that yeah, made yeah. it a whole new music that just went crazy all over the nation. See, our rhythm, we don't have a drum, we have the foot, we, we yeah. have the clog step. And then the banjo had the banjo head, so you could wrap it with your finger and slap it if you wanted to. And, uh, but it was African and, uh, in origin, and it, it really took off in the Civil War, what, when soldiers could could carry it and sport it around. Mm -hmm. So your uh, your grandfather just sort of pulled all this together, and really started. You created the Soko Gap Cloggers, the Soko and, Gap, and that, and that sort of became sort of famous, right? They, yeah. they, they were they were awesome. They they could dance like nobody else. They, everybody's trying to be what those guys could. The gals and the fellas they could just dance like whirlwinds well they my grandfather put this team together and they and uh and roosevelt uh made him famous quite frankly uh, uh roosevelt was beloved in the mountains he he brought us out of the great depression my father and uncle richard they loved they were gis they loved roosevelt well roosevelt in 39 was 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 trying to get the congress which was pacifist and 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 obstructionist in, in, in its time, he was trying to get them to, to pass the Lynn lease provision so they could help Great Britain survive. And, and they were being very uh, uh, reluctant. So he invited, Roosevelt invited the King and Queen of England for the only royal visit in history in 1939. And part of Roosevelt's uh, cultural diplomacy was that instead of having a black tie ball for the King and Queen of England, which would be kind of traditional, he decided to have an American square dance in the White House for the King and Queen of England. And so he could show that the, the, the people of the British Isles and the American people were one people. That's what, that was part of Roosevelt's political genius and his cultural diplomacy. So my grandfather went up there with the Soko Gap Cloggers and their, and their band was the, uh, the Coon Creek sisters an all women string band out of kentucky and they their famous number is how many biscuits can you eat you know a half a dozen and a ham of meat you know uh they were they were great and that was the that was the the primary entertainment for the king and queen of england for their what would have been a black tie ball and it went on the newsreels and all over the world and life and post and uh, it was a big deal so the Soko Gap Cloggers became uh, uh, the rave of the nation, and my right. grandfather was their was their leader. That's fantastic. I heard that uh, your grandmother was also quite a dancer too. She was dancing at ninety six. Well, uh, my her, his mother was uh, his mother Valley, Valley uh. Queen. She was the famous dancer. My grandmother would dance a little, but she pretty much let Sam carry on in his own way. Uh, Sam was a a, a, a a force of nature. The old, we call him the old man Sam, but he, dancing Sam locally. Because my father was Sam, I'm a Sam. Uh, we're the Sam Queen brand, so you got to kind of distinguish one generation from the other. Uh -huh. But but, but uh, Sally uh, was a great dancer too. Cool, and she and she was dancing till ninety six. Ninety six. Wow. Yep. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, 
dance styles that are sort of uh, in a way considered indigenous to the United States, even though that's very debatable, but you have Western square dance and you have, and then you have, you know, things that people claim are the, you know, similar, which is the Irish dancing. How are these all different from what we know as square dance? Well, again, our, our dance, the, the, the people here that settled in uh, Maggie Valley in Haywood County in Western North Carolina were Scotch Irish. We came in with Rutherford on the, uh, who was Scotch Irish? Uh, we the Scotch Irish Trail. We settled early. They like the the isolation and the and the fertility of the mountains. It's reminded of their homeland and a lot of Germans. So we had cloggers from German. We had Scotch Irish. Now the the Scottish and Irish were not very urban, the, particularly the Scots. They were rural, mm -hmm. so they were yard dancers. So as I said, they they danced in the pasture and they were big circle dancers. So they, <laughs> Uh, a lot of the Germans and, and anybody that came from town, they, they would dance in a, on a cobblestone street with, with things like the reel. A Virginia reel is a linear dance, but our dance is not linear and it's not, it's not defined by size. It's not an eight couple dance. It's, it can be 200 couples. We right. had the big circle dance and we really, we really uh, got that from the Cherokee, the Cherokee friendship dance and, and their large circle dance around their fire and their 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 social celebrations so i think that's a good african americans brought a ton of uh step along with the irish along with the german uh along with e even the english and welch had a certain amount of fiddling and step dancing that they did and it sort of it melted in the melt great american part of america and the reason we have a collar is the collar decides what you're going to dance. If you were coming from a German village, you knew your dance. Nobody had to call it. You had started and you went through it to the end. By the time you were old enough to dance, you'd, you'd, you'd learn to dance. But in America, they shared little pieces from everybody's culture, little German, little Scotch, mm -hmm. little Irish, little African-American, little Cherokee, uh, and they mixed it all together. So you always had a caller that, that managed the mix. Cool. Well, we have to take another break, break and we'll call We'll come back. We'll talk more about calling a square dance. Thank you. Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest, Joe Sam Queen, a musical note. Um, so, you know, I read on the Blue Ridge Heritage, um, you know, cultural site, uh, you have an entry about being a, you know, uh, an area um, craftsman and, and, uh, and you know, entertainer and everything else. And you said sociab sociability is the whole point of the Appalachian dance. That's right. Is is that really the essence of it? Is getting together to 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 be uh, to be sociable and bring bring people in. That that's right. It it, it is a it is our social institution of hospitality. It's an institution of hospitality. But I I'll just give you an example. Uh, it, the opening line is let's all join hands in one big circle. Mm -hmm. We're a community. Let's join hands together. It's sort of like table, fellow, table fellowship. And then you, then the women wrote a lot of the, a lot of the dance calls. They, they, they helped the men. Like uh, you go right hands across and halfway back. Uh, 
Well, halfway back is the first lesson in life. You can change your mind. And then, then it's uh, ladies in front and gents behind. But the next lesson in life, gentlemen, you need to learn to follow your ladies. You know, you're not always the one out front. And then uh, uh, it's, it's honor your partner, honor your opposite. Right hands across with a how do you do? A left hands back with a fine thank you. That's a little low, a little lesson in in uh, in hospitality and manners. Uh, so it's 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 socializing country bumpkins, you know. They, uh, uh, interesting. They got to learn to come and court and, and not get in a fist fight over the girl next door. You know, they got to be they got to share in the dance. Oh my goodness! Well, that's one lesson in life for an Appalachian male. That's that's I mean uh, that's interesting. That's like the the teaching the youth and especially teenagers, you know, how to be more uh, civilized. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That the, the dance is so preliterate uh, institution of 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 instruction and socializing, uh, uh, and being sociable, intergenerational. Uh, uh, the first move is the grand right and left where. You go one way and the girls go one way and the boys go the other and they all the girls meet all the boys. Because when you entered the dance, you're probably dancing with your first cousin, but you're looking around for some other gal to dance with. Uh -huh. And uh, she's glad to start with her, but she's looking around for another lad to, right. to dance around there too with. And, <laughs> and, and these are guys up the hollow that you only see a few times when you get together with some local musicians to have a little dance. That's that's the that's the only that's the only society going around in rural Appalachia in the 1800s. Early you, have limited, you have a limited time to get them sociable, don't you? That's right. <laughs> and it, it's hugely fun. I mean, it's not uh, it, it's 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 not line dancing. It's it's not you 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 squeeze these gals. You know, as my as my grandfather says, you 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 can tell their weight by golly when you get done with this dance, you can tell how they're doing, and. Uh, uh, it, it's a very sociable dance. It's interesting. We had to sort of hold off a little during COVID because it is so close. Well, to uh, but we, we're hoping to start it back this summer. And you should be able to now. Yeah. You know? I was reading today that uh, this last uh, thing of COVID, seventy-five percent of kids. You know, I got three-year-olds, so they caught it. This last mm -hmm. last one, you know, seventy-five percent, seventy-five percent of kids caught it. So it's pretty much done for kids. Uh, so you should be able to get together. But you know, the, the thing that, um, you know, struck me is that you, you te you're teaching people nursery rhymes in, back in the day yeah. was also about teaching. And a lot of nursery rhymes actually were dealing with how to, you know, deal with some dark stuff. Is is there any kind of that tradition in the, uh, the music as well to deal with some dark emotions and, and things like that? Dark events? Uh, uh, I, I like to say, uh, the four-leaf clover, I like to introduce it. It's it's uh, it's uh, you all join hands, all four. It's it's two couples. The 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 American Square Dance, uh, the Appalachian Square Dance is a big round. So you start with big round. Everybody mute in the circle does one, and then you break up into figure fours. You and your partner and an opposite couple, mm -hmm. and and then you change after every figure four. Well, well, the four-leaf clover is. You all join, the four of you join hands and you turn yourself inside out and tie yourself into a knot, which mm -hmm. you back off and it looks like a four leaf clover. Then you back out and untie yourself from that knot and 
So you tie yourself into a knot and you untie yourself and you never break fellowship. So that is another little story of how you navigate life. And then uh, it's duck for the oyster and duck for the clam and throw away the old tin can. That That's kind of a pollution story, you know? Oh, uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, the... Uh, there's there's a ton of them and uh, shoot the buffalo, uh, which is 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 like our ocean wave. We have a lot of a lot of in the mountains. We have a lot of uh, moves like uh, a move like ocean wave. We're a long way from the ocean, but the Scotch Irish all live by the sea, and and a lot of the the Germans and other immigrants did. So they 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 tell about the sea to their children and family in the mountains of North Carolina, even though we're a long way from it. Mm. A lot of them never got to see the sea again, but uh, they still they still dance to the thought. Wow. You know, I was talking to some, um, I was talking to some, we had some, you know, some musicians that are pretty good come over, uh, bluegrass musicians come um, back, come to the motel and play, you know, uh, you know, Darren Nicholson, some of his his fellows and things. And yeah. one of them was talking to me, said, Awesome yeah, range. We got some awesome great. Range. Oh, yeah. They said, you know, in bluegrass, there's a tradition uh, of what a band can comprise of. And if you go away from that tradition, you know, it's, you know the bluegrass mafia will come after you. Now, in square <laughs> dancing, I mean, it, it's pretty much a lot of times bluegrass. But what is the, what is the, what are the requirements of a blue, of a square dance band? What are the instruments? Is well, there, well, they're, there... they're the classic uh, bluegrass followed from old time. Uh-huh. Uh, old time music is folk music and it's dance music. It's got a dance rhythm. A lot of bluegrass is so fast, you have to be a weed eater if you're going to keep up with it. Right, yeah. Actual square dance music has a nice beat. It's very sociable. Uh, you can dance with your partner, keep the beat. That's why you say flat footing is, is tapping the music. It, it, it's the banjo, the fiddle, the, the, the bass, the stand-up bass, and the guitar. Right. So it's uh, never uh, a drum, that, never a drum or anything like never, that. Never a horn. Never a drum. Ever so often they'll play a paper sack, flappity, 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 or the the spoons, or they'll wrap the head of a of a of a banjo, and then and then it's uh, and then it's uh, the clog step uh, is, is adds the drum. But no, there, there's no real drum to traditional music. Wow. So now collars. Now you're yeah. you're you're a collar, right? Yeah. Now, how did people become collars to uh, to lead these things? Did they did they experience or did they study it or what 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 was the requirements? Well, most of them it's just experience. You go to a lot of dances, you get the sense of it. You you like you got a decent memory. Uh, uh, you sort of have to pay attention because you're instructing and watching the circle dance and calling it on beat so it moves appropriately with the music and has a nice flow to it. It's not hard to be a caller, but you, you have to sort of pay attention. Uh, as my grandfather said, you, you're dancing in the circle with your partner and to the music. That's all you need to know. <laughs> but wasn't a caller like almost a band vocalist? I mean, it, it is sort of the, oh, you can the vocalist of the band. You, you, you get to sing the song. You get to make up the tunes, you know. Uh, a lady round the lady and the gent don't go. Lady round the gent and the gent go slow. That's one where you let your partner go around the opposite man and look him over. Then come uh-huh. back in the circle. 
then the opposite lady gets to come around to you, but you don't get to go. So it's a way to let the ladies have a turn in smoking over the gentleman, <laughs> and, uh, which is usually the opposite the way it is. Again, the ladies wrote a lot of these little, little ditties to strain their gentlemen to, to be respectful. Be respectful. Oh, that's interesting. So a caller had to learn. I mean, how many, how many, how many different calls are there? Do you know? Oh, there, there's, there's probably scores and scores for sure. You know, in a dance, you, you end up calling uh, the primary dozen because mm -hmm. you, you wear them out with, if you do that many, you know, like if we do a two hour street dance in Waynesville, we, we probably call four to five sets because we, you have the figure four and then you have the, the big circle dances, which is really just lots of fun. You all join hands. It's, 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 it, you know, we do folk move here in Western North Carolina, which is international folk dance. Right. Because we're a hot spot of traditional folk dance. Our Appalachian American authentic folk dance is, is right here. So we've welcomed the world to bring there. So they come from, they come from Ukraine. They've been from Ukraine. They've come from Lebanon. They've come from Australia. They've come from China and, and, and South America. A lot of folk dances have this big circle gathering for sure. They often have little sets. The American uh, square dance team is eight to 10 couples, but the actual social dance has no limit. You can have 20, 50 couples in a dance. Now, do these other traditions have a collar? And they, uh, the, the American tradition has collars, but most of the other traditions don't. Uh-huh. Because they all come from a village or a single place where America is really the melting pot. We, we e pluribus unum, uh, out of many one. So we need a collar to, to, to set the tone. And so different the collar collars, different place. So the collar is a dynamic composer. He's a, he's a composer. He really is. Wow. Uh, he, he, he'll make the poem. He'll make the, 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 uh, he'll make the, this, the, the motion to some little poetry and, uh, and it helps you remember it. It helps you keep it straight in the, in the, in the dance. Wow. Well, I guess, uh, collars are, 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 are traditionally have been pretty much in demand, haven't they? Well, they, they, they are, they, they, they help. My grandfather was in huge demand. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, he, he danced somewhere from in, in 1935 to, to 1955. He danced somewhere almost every night of the week. Wow. He'd go to one big hotel, one big dance hall after another. He would go all around. I mean, if you had a big political event, you had a big square dance. I, you know, uh, I politic by... Let's all join hands in one big circle. That's that's my political mantra. That's my social mantra. That's who I. That's what I stand for. So it's a great metaphor for community and 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 politics, quite frankly. Cool. Well, we got to take another break, and we'll come back and uh, and uh, talk a little bit more about uh, calling and uh, and other other stories that you might have to give us. Thank you. Oh, 
Howdy! This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with uh, Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my my guest, the legendary Joe Sam Queen. So, Joe, we're talking about calling and square, and square dancing and the music. Are you finding that um, young people today are, are becoming callers and becoming uh, fiddlers and stuff in a square dance or is it dying out? It's not dying out. But, uh, we work to keep it alive. That's why I do the Smoky Mountain Folk Festival to keep young young musicians coming forward. We have uh, the uh, Junior Appalachian Musicians, which uh, we teach string music. Uh, I mean, that's the fiddle, the banjo, the bass, the guitar in a little ensemble band after school, a little after school program, Appalachian music. Uh, we we always part of our folk festival. We have a little outside tent. We we let the young folks come in, have a little part of the show. Uh, their elders are on the main stage, but beforehand we let everybody have a little turn. So we keep bringing it on. We have an active group of square dancers. We're trying to bound back after COVID. I mean, COVID square dancing was definitely a spreader event. So we sort of <laughs> laid low for the last couple of years, but. We're feeling we're feeling fairly comfortable that this summer will be a summer to, of dance again. No, no more sociability distancing. <laughs> yeah, no more sociability. Square dancing is not distancing. It's no, it's, it's, it's close. It's joining together. So, uh, so are you got some little callers coming up? Some good ones? Yeah, we we you know callers are they're they're not just a dime a dozen good ones. Uh, they never have been. A lot of good bands and. You don't have good music if you don't have dance. So right. my grandfather, he kept a lot of musicians alive because in the 30s and 40s and the, you didn't have any money floating around, but you could have a dance, you could pass the hat and 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 they could get enough for a fifth of liquor, you know, before the night's out, you know. So they counted that a big success and had a big time doing it. Uh, well, cool. So you're involved in a lot of things. You know, yeah. you mentioned folk moot. You're involved yeah. with you know that. Is folk moot coming back this summer? Or is it going to be another? Yeah, year? they're going to. They're 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 trying. You know, they have been had a couple of double whammies. They had 9/11, which really interrupted international travel. What folk moot is for people that don't know is we are here in Haywood County. We have the international folk festival, the finest one in America, mm. um, in in the northern hemisphere, without question. It's right here. It's in Western North Carolina. We we go to 20 communities when they're here. We have an old an old elementary school we've taken over, and we house uh, uh, eight or ten dance teams, sometimes a dozen, from all over the world. They're all internationals. They, they come. They bring their musicians. Every every dance team has a band with them. I mean, we've had some fabulous. It's, a, it's, a, it's a stupendous. It's a stupendous. It's really stupendous. And yeah. we are, and we and we look at this as world where the world meets on Main Street. Right. Just like the sociability for our people, we do this for the world right here because folk dancing, all joining hands in one big circle, is a is a world mantra. My wife is from Trinidad and is a Brazilian uh, drummer, right. and, you know, and she. Uh, I got her to come to Maggie the first time because of the folk boot. So, yeah, it was yeah. really, you know, early when we were dating, you know, it was like, wow, they do this international thing. Uh, and she's from Trinidad. So, you know, it, it's a thing that makes people feel welcome. I think it's one of the best things we've ever done here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I agree. Uh, we, uh, and and it, it's still coming back. So people just keep your ears open. We're going to bring it back. You know, I'll, I'll say this a little bit. You, 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 you started out with some of your sponsors. Another international hotspot we are is for birds. We oh, are yeah. the neotropical warblers hotspot in, in this hemisphere, the Western hemisphere, uh, coming up from South America, crossing the Gulf, and they nest in this great Smoky Mountains. These little warblers sing, they're magnificent. Right now, the, the month of, of May is the time to see them because they come in, the leaves haven't hardly gotten out so you can find them. They're small, they're very vocal and sociable little creatures and they're courting and they're, they're vocalizing and, uh, and capturing their territory and their mate and they sing like you know songbirds. They're, they are the songbirds of the world. Right here in Western North Carolina, we have more than any other place in the world. I, I'm literally, if you go in the backyard in our wooded area, you'll see a dozen different types of warblers. I mean, it's it's a, a you know, and it's not it's not even the even it's not even the it, uh, right into the Smoky Mountains. It's an incredible. It's an and incredible. And every thousand story. feet you rise, you get another population of different birds. Yeah. And we have like at least four or five tiers of warblers that come all the way across the Gulf every summer to nest in the Great Smokies. Well, we're, gonna, we're running out of time. I wanted to hit one other thing that you, 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 you're involved with. You know, I, I was in, I, did, I was in, Waynesville has a pretty uh, well-known theater called Heart Theater. Oh, yeah. And, I, and back in the day, I did a couple performances in there. And I'm, you know, and in the last, what, a t decade or two, you've built a theater, an actual real great facility. And you were involved in that, right? I, I was their architect. And, and it's as fine an Appalachian structure of wood as you'll find in America. So come to the Heart Theater. Anything yeah. we do there is good. I can tell you anything. We have won the National Community Theater Award at that theater twice in the last eight or nine years. Uh, we've represented America in Edinburgh, the famous Scottish Theater Festival, in Prague for the famous European Theater Festival. So anything we do is great. If you want to be, it, it, it is really, uh, uh, and, and a thing not to miss in Haywood County, the Heart Theater. Cool. And we just have a couple minute, minute or two. So you and your wife, Dr. Kate Queen, have a charitable foundation. What can, can you tell us about that? Well, you know, we, we've enjoyed uh, 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 doing well, but doing good our whole life. I'm a practice architecture. She's a doctor. And we support lots of things from the Sons of the American Revolution to Shelton House to Heart Theater to the Arts Council in Haywood County to, uh, you know, uh, just, just lots of good things. We just try to be part of the community, uh, as I, I think so many uh, Americans do. It's just, it's, it's a great heritage in America to, to give back. And what's the name of your foundation? It's just the, uh, the, the Queen Family Foundation. We, oh. So is there any other uh, 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 things you'd like to shout out, links, websites, uh, social media, anything you want to mention? Well, vote Democrat, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not a political show, but yeah. well, it's important. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, at your place uh, at Metal Ark, not too long ago, we honored uh, Charles Miller and, and, and Earl Lanning, and, and they are both friends of the American Revolution. So I, I am... We're just uh, uh, four or five years from the, the 250th anniversary of the 
American Revolution. So we are we are trying to uh, expand on our on our Revolutionary War heritage here in in North Carolina, particularly Western North Carolina, where we had the militia and uh, and the flintlock rifle. I mean, the reason we have the Second Amendment is the flintlock rifled gun was a very different weapon than the musket. <laughs> and and they it, they were deadly and sharp yeah. and uh and and the, the british didn't like them at all because they could shoot the eye out of an officer yeah well that's good well thank you so much for being on this show it's been a pleasure talking to you learning about uh you know the traditions of mountain music and uh and i'm i'm very um i'm very proud of the accomplishments you have done for haywood county in north carolina and the united states and uh as I said, you're a legend and you deserve any accolades that you get. Um, and uh, you're so kind. Thank you. Thank you. Joseph. You're welcome. This is the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. And you can find out more about it at facebook.com slash Gateway to the Smokies podcast. Or you can go to talkradio.nyc uh, and find the show there. And it's, and it's uh, where it's, it's, it's uh, streamed live. Um, talkradio.nyc is a great network of free um, live podcasts every day that range uh, from self-help to small business to travel to uh, politics to pets. You know, it's it's one of those uh, talk networks that you, you don't know uh, what you might hear next, though it's all scheduled out. Uh, this podcast is every uh, Tuesday at... Uh, at six until seven, uh, talking about the uh, Smoky Mountains. I also run another podcast called Wise Content Creates Wealth, which is about marketing and content marketing and the coming evolution of AI into marketing and, and insights of how you can take advantage of that to build your business and your nonprofit and your opportunities. So I hope you'll show up for that. And that's on Fridays from noon until one. And I thank you for listening to this show and I'll see you next week.